All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Not Giving a Fuck with your host, Nick Scordino. Um, today, we are joined by my friend Kyle. Before we, Kyle and I dive into some hockey talk, I uh, just want to uh, pretty much talk about how we're going to be diving into all the news that's broke uh, over the last week and, you know, dive into some uh, previews, maybe some recaps of some pretty good games that have happened this weekend or um, earlier in the week. So before we dive straight into that, don't forget to check out all of the different podcasts on the Chop Sports Podcast Network. And without uh, saying that, you know, um, we will be right back. Celebrating over 90 years of five-star, high-quality customer service, Richard Lucas Chevrolet and Subaru right there in Avenel, New Jersey, is my go-to spot for all of my new and used vehicles. I myself decided to upgrade, and I went from a Chevy Equinox all the way up to a Chevy Blazer Rally Sport. It's not your average Blazer. This thing hauls ass. If I get that itch to go big, I'm going big with Richard Lucas Chevrolet, and I'm going to go with the 2022 Chevy Silverado 1500. It's got the all-star four-wheel drive package with a 2.7-liter engine. Check out their entire inventory online at richardlucaschevy.com or give them a call at 800-717-6944 and tell them Chop Sports Sturge sent you. What's up, guys? It's Sturge from Chop Sports, and today I'm here to finally deliver some new happenings with our friends over at Absolute Eyewear. You already know the deal. They're stocked. They have the biggest brands, including Ray-Ban, Polo, and now introducing its newest player to their star-studded lineup, Oakley. They work with all your major insurance companies, including BCBS, AARP, and so much more. If you check out Absolute Eyewear in Woodbridge, New Jersey, next to the train station, you'll receive $100 off any prescription frames and lenses. That's $100. Check them out right now by either calling 732-326-3937 or visit their website, absolute-eyewear.com. Tell them Chop Sports Search set you. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen, and so this is my my good friend, Kyle. Kyle, introduce yourself. How's it going, everyone? So Kyle and I have been buddies for a long time, and uh, our hockey views differ a little bit because he is a Rangers fan and I am a Devils fan, and right now that um, has switched a little bit because the Devils are currently on a nine-game winning streak, and the Rangers are... Not playing too great, right, Kyle? Yeah, I guess you could say that. <laughs> I mean, let's um, let's check out the Metropolitan uh, Division real quick. Let's, let's not and say we didn't. <laughs> so right now in the the Metro, the Devils are sitting up, uh, up top with twenty four points. Islanders sitting in second with 20, Carolina with 19, Rangers with 17, Flyers with 16, Caps with 16, Pittsburgh with 15, and Columbus is in dead last with nine. Um, I'll be honest, I don't know how you feel about this, but I could have not predicted this, that these would be the standings for the Metro this year. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree more. Um, You know, you look at the seasons that, you know, the Islanders, and the Devils had last year, even Philadelphia, how bad they were. Um, you know, they couldn't get things done. Um, and then you look at the seasons that teams like the Rangers and the Hurricanes had and how dominant they were for large stretches. Um, but, you know, 
I guess just to touch on the Rangers quickly, it seems to me this season, like, you know, after their great run in the playoffs last year, everybody was expecting them to do so much more, you know, and see with where this team can go um, in the playoffs. But right now it's, um, they're playing almost like a team that, you know, has already clinched a playoff spot, which isn't the case. Um, you know, a lot of things have changed this year. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, believe me, I fully understand that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm not like, you know, obviously we're not going to, you know, it's, we've played 15, there's been 15 or 16 games played so far this season. Obviously both of us are not writing our teams off to, you know, be like, Oh, I think the devils are going to genuinely make the playoffs this year. I honestly, I have no idea because that yes, they are on a winning streak, but I, that could change in the matter of minutes. And with the Rangers, they may be doing this now, but I remember last last year they struggled a little bit and then they just hit a stride and did not, you know, slow down at all. Yeah. Um, you know, last year a lot at this point at the season, you know, the Rangers were in a very good spot, um, but they were being dominated every game and getting bailed out by Igor, you know, winning games two to one this year. You know, it's almost the inverse. We're out shooting almost every opponent we've played this thus far, and we just either end up getting goalied or can't take our chances. Yeah, and uh, it is it is very tough to watch when that type of things ha- that type of things ha- happen because you're just like you're shooting the puck 30, 40 times on net. And you can't get anything to go. It's just, it is honestly, I think that's arguably the most frustrating thing in hockey. Yeah, it's a lot, you know, you could call it karma, you know, for the Rangers being how just the ridiculous year Igor had last year. Yeah, but I mean, the other, the other divisions aren't like, they're not. This year, it's just like there's a few teams that are like up there in the divisions that I'm like, oh, hey, I wouldn't have expected that. But like, you know, in the Atlantic, you know, Boston, Toronto, Florida, Detroit, like, okay, that's pretty standard nowadays. And, you know, you have Tampa sitting at 15 points, which is just really weird. Yeah. You know, I mean, like you said, it, it seems pretty standard um, that, you know, the Atlantic looks the way it does. Um, I would say the biggest shock, and it's not even that big of a shock, is how good Boston has been playing, you know, with how they were supposed to start the year with all those injuries. You know, McAvoy was yeah. supposed to miss a bunch. Marchand came back way earlier than expected. Um, but even without those guys, they were just – they've been dominant. I know, and it's – it sucks, but <laughs> and you know they had um, Patrice Bergeron come back, so you know you get your captain back, which is always great. And yeah, I mean, it's at least for the Atlantic, the one team that surprised me how they're not doing better is honestly it's Ottawa, considering the the types of moves that they made this year. You know, getting the Brinket, uh, shipping off Matt Murray. You know, re-signing a whole bunch of guys. I just I figured they would be able to, you know, 
be play a little bit better, but I guess that's not the case. Yeah, I agree. You know, in the offseason, Ottawa um, was a team very much like Detroit where, you know, not that there were any expectations of them to, you know, be a playoff team, but, you know, it's definitely they made some moves where you could see them being more competitive. Um, and, you know, like at least right now, it's not really the case. Yeah. And I mean, to to the other thing, um, Montreal's been playing pretty well. Um, the only the only thing with Montreal is that Slavkovsky has had a few questionable hits on uh, some people that have, you know, made me wonder. Like, I understand he's a you know big physical winger, but as a rookie, some of the hits that he's making, I'm like, that's not very good for you to be doing so early into your NHL career. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's definitely been a lot of, um, he, what he's he had one game misconduct already for boarding. Um, yeah. and you know, to me, it's still early in his career. Like you said, um, he is a big dude and watching some of his, you know, some of the games this year, he, almost to me at some points looks like, you know, Bambi on ice. Like he doesn't fully have control. Um, and like he's that combined with his size. It's at some points it's a recipe for disaster. Yeah. I mean, and um, you know, it's just, it's just interesting. Cause usually with really any rookie in the league, this type of stuff just don't, doesn't really happen very often yeah yeah you know well i mean a lot of that's you know trying to be competitive um and plus coming into a montreal team that's not very good um definitely seems like marty has them at least competing you know fighting especially with uh arbor jack eye you know another one who's come in just with to be that strong physical defenseman yeah no definitely and then um speaking of defensemen though we um we're gonna we'll we'll talk a little bit more about the the western conference in a second but go, just want to dip back into the metro i mean columbus is already starting off the season uh much worse than they thought but now they have lost um zach Wierenski to uh for the rest of the season due to a separated shoulder and torn labrum. So I mean he had three goals and eight points through 13 games. And I mean last season he had a fantastic um breakout season. And they also lost um Nick Blankenberg, uh Sean Corrali. I think I said that right. I probably Sean Corrali. Yeah. And um is it Jacob or Jakob Voracek? Jakob Voracek. Jakob Voracek. There we go. So they have definitely been dealing with some injuries, but to lose arguably your top defenseman so early in the season, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to turn that around. Yeah, it's definitely going to be tough. Um, you know, he's a leader for that team. Um, he's arguably their most important player. Um because he is just so good both ends of the ice. Um, he makes smart defensive plays, and he's got the skating and, you know, the vision. 
to be a real threat on, you know, a power play and in the offensive zone. That's that's a big loss for a team that's already struggling. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's unfortunate, but the uh, you know, there's not not much you can do about that. Hockey is probably one of the most unpredictable sports just because of how physical it is. It's honestly amazing that some of these guys don't get hurt much much more often. Absolutely. So, um, continuing now, we'll uh, we'll dive into the Western Conference a little bit, and then we'll uh, we got some news, and we're gonna go over some scores, and we'll make picks this week to see, um, you know, which one which one of us actually does a little bit better in terms of picking teams, which, for all we know, is a crapshoot. <laughs> yeah. Uh. So you know. Heading on over to the central, you know, you got Dallas uh, in first, Colorado, Winnipeg, Minnesota, Chicago, Arizona, Nashville, and St. Louis. This, in my opinion, is the most shocking division just based off of the fact that St. Louis and Nashville are doing worse than the Coyotes and the Blackhawks. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's obviously still early in the season, um, but St. Louis has looked rough um, a few games this this far. Um, Nashville, I mean, they started the season in the Czech Republic, came all the way back here, um, played some tough teams, but I mean, their style of hockey, it's just, it's so boring to watch. And, you know, they play that trap you know, shut down the middle of the ice, typical John Hines defense. And it's, it's just, you know, it works in some games, obviously, as we saw last night where the Rangers almost had three times as many shots as the Predators and still came out with a win. Um, but, you know, in this day and age, just the amount of skill that's in the NHL, like that style doesn't doesn't work in your favor, as I'm sure you can attest to. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm the first one to say that I fucking hate the the uh, counterattack hockey and just sitting back and doing that. It's just, in in my opinion, I mean, you can you know, you can say if I'm spewing a whole bunch of BS, but I just think it ruins the, not like integrity, but it just, it just ruins the flow of the game because it's like. If hockey is such a fast-paced sport that when you're just sitting back taking all these shots and it's like, okay, you have you know decent uh, netminder and uh, juicy sorrows, but like it's just it's boring. I don't want to sit there and watch the team I'm rooting for take you know like sixty shot you know take sixty shots on net and then score like one out of out of them. It's like it's insane. Yeah, absolutely, it's very boring very outdated you know the league is moving in a totally opposite direction um where it's more about you know skill and speed which i mean i'm i'm definitely all for that i i think you know obviously i enjoy the physicality of the sport but the the some of the skills and that these guys now have like you know a jack hughes a you know alexi lafreniere um, Trevor Zegras, who is still casually just you know 
trying to score Michigan goals, which is honestly unbelievable that he can do it so consistently. But, you know, these types of guys, it's they they injected more life into the game, I think, because of their style of play. They're not just trying to kill people. They're trying to, A, help their teams, which is really nice to see because there are some players around the league that just, you know, cashed out and are not really doing much to help out their respective teams. But with them doing this, it's just, it makes it so much more, you know, exciting when they score some of these goals, man. Absolutely. And, you know, that's the direct, like I said, that's the direction the league is going in. Um, Ultimately that's, what's going to bring in, you know, up the viewership because today's world, less and less people care about the fighting and the big hits and more about, you know, the, the sick plays they pull off, like the Trevor Zegers, Michigan, or, you know, the play he went he, last year when he flipped it over the net. Um, and, you know, that's not to say the big hits and the fighting should be eliminated from the game because, you know, it's, it's still an exciting part, but, you know, it's, it's moving towards a different direction. Um, you know, less and less of these players coming into the league are, you know, like, uh, like Scott Stevens. Yeah. You know, big, no talent, just <laughs> can play defense, you know, like just crush people. Um, yeah, it is a, it is a dying breed. And I think one of the last people for that was definitely Zidane Chara, who yeah. I think both of our teams have uh, had some devastating <laughs> hits from him uh fuck up some of our players yeah yeah absolutely um and you know like i think the perfect example of that is ryan reeves love the guy love what he brings to the rangers um but you know he was brought in to be that big physical enforcer presence um and you know we don't always get that, that from him but i read a stat this morning that absolutely blew me away that among like the 560 plus players to skate in the NHL this season or whatever it was, Ryan Reeves has three shots on goal this entire season, ranking him dead last. And, you know, with a team that's struggling like the Rangers, especially at five on five, like we need help in our bottom six. Um, And, you know, reading that was just infuriating. Yeah, and it's like the the thing with, with with Reeves too is you're just like just take take a shot, like test it out. God forbid, you know, if it goes in, great. If it's you know a little wide, at least you're trying to you know help out offensively because you know what he can do defensively and you know to like physically help the team. But it's like he got into the NHL because he can make big hits, but. It, you you have to be able to at least you know shoot a puck. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you know, like I, like I said, like I love what he brings to the to the team. You know, but it's not always needed. Um, you know, so seeing him like the Rangers have other players in their pool, like Will Cooley, who I think would be perfect on that bottom, that fourth line. You know, he's a big kid. And he has some offensive upside, um, you know, because like I said, this team is struggling at 5v5 offensively. Uh, yeah. And I mean, 
you there's always you know these guys that can come in and you know greatly help a team's offense but it really makes you wonder what goes through these coaches minds and the front office because it's like you just have these guys sitting in the ahl or you know overseas or wherever and they're you know producing very well offensively and it's like he can easily he can easily outperform some of these guys that are currently being thrown out by uh, any team. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, a lot of that goes down to, you know, the the old boys, you know, hockey club. You know, these coaches still have that mindset of you know need to hit them as hard as we can and all that stuff. So. Yeah. No, that was uh, that was a big message in the uh the devils versus uh calgary at home uh in new jersey the other uh the other day because there were calgary came out flying in that first period and was just trying to hit everybody and i was like like where where is this from like the, the devils didn't do anything <laughs> and they were just trying yeah. to like there's a a video online that is be, it's kind of becoming a meme, but not really, not really becoming a meme, but it's just like funny to watch. Cause like Dawson Mercer literally like stepped back and let the dude on Calgary fucking hit the boards because he was like, I'm not, I'm not trying to get hit by you right now. Yeah. I saw that juked him out of his skates. Oh, I know. This is insane. <laughs> so, um, all right, let's finish up the uh, standings by, going into the Pacific. So we've got Vegas in first, um, the LA Kings in second, Seattle in third, Edmonton fourth, Calgary in fifth, Vancouver in sixth, San Jose in seventh, and Anaheim in dead last in the Pacific. That kind of surprises me because even though Anaheim didn't make too many moves, they did get uh, John Klingberg, which still he's still a pretty decent defenseman. And, you know, I just... I think they have a better – obviously, I think they have a better team than San Jose because San Jose is still trying to rebuild. But Yeah. Um, you know, there's a few surprising teams. Um, you know, Calgary in fifth, that's a surprise to me. Um, you know, I know they lost, obviously, Johnny Goudreau and Kachuk, but I think they did a pretty good job replacing them. Um Obviously, you're not going to get the same output, but you still bring in Huberto, who was also a 100-plus point scorer last season. Um, you also get Mackenzie Wieger to help shore up your back line, um, and bringing in Nazem Kadri um, also helps. But, you know, um, other than that, I mean, like, it's not surprising to see L.A. in second. Um, they're a team who's been rebuilding um, and also has made some great moves in – free agency and trades, bringing in Fiala, signing Deneau yeah. last offseason. Um, they just, you know, I mean, Seattle in third's a bit of a surprise um, considering I, they're, they're still not there yet. Um, and, you know, Edmonton in fourth, like, again, I feel like it's the same thing every year. Um, again, obviously, it's still early, but you know, they have obviously the two best players in the league or, you know, the best player in the league and arguably one of the other best players in the league. Um, But I still feel like they're short in places, you know, like obviously on the back end, 
goaltending has not been stellar for years. Um, and, you know, you, you thought that was going to change when they brought in Jack Campbell. Um, but, you know, as we all saw it towards the last half of last season, Jack Campbell fell off hard, you know, and uh, yeah. did not I perform mean, very well. I mean, and I know I keep swinging it back to, you know, the Devils, but, you know, I, as a Devils fan, I do enjoy to talk about them. But with them, they last season, they knocked out Jack Campbell in like the first period. And this is last season where they were like dead last in the Metro. And I was like, this is nuts because Maple Leafs are a playoff team and he's getting shelled. Now, the thing is, the Maple Leafs didn't have a great defense around him, but he did play decently last season, uh, you know, at least in the first half and the second half. Obviously, we all know how that went, but it's not like he went to a better situation. I mean, Edmonton's defense is really not great. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, you know, Toronto's defense isn't the best. I mean, it's not terrible by any stretch, but like going from that decor in Toronto to Edmonton's is a huge step down. Yeah, I mean, um, and you know, they do have some promising players on the up, you know, like Evan Bouchard. But I mean, again, to me, he's more of a a very similar player to Tyson Berry, you know, a very yeah. good puck moving offensive defenseman. Um, but I mean, who knows? Things could change. Um, them losing Evander Kane sucks, definitely. Um, you know, regardless of your views on him, he's definitely a player that, as we all saw, contributed in a big way to that team no it, he he definitely didn't i don't i don't really have any like issues with him i mean i think he's a head case sometimes with the whole you know declaring for bankruptcy and then the whole all the stuff with his ex-wife and him being a you know degenerate gambler but the extent of this injury is absolutely disgusting yeah it's brutal you know it's i i would be genuinely shocked Actually, no, I wouldn't be shocked if they didn't, if he didn't play the rest of the season. If they just, yeah, no, like, you know, put him on LTIR and let him recover. Because, you know, they're they're saying three to four months for this. And I'm like, the with where it happened and how deep that cut, like the fact that this went all the way down to practically the bone of his wrist, I'm like, you can't. You can't just like casually come back in like three to four months. Like you got the amount of physical, uh, you know, what's it called? What's the word I'm thinking? Um, physical therapy. Yeah, physical rehab. therapy. I don't, I don't know why it took me so long to get that out. Physical therapy, rehab, all that. Like you have to, at this point, you have to pretty much learn how to reuse your wrist and hand after this. And both are very important pieces of your body for this sport. Yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, and it's like, it's crazy because, like, usually you don't, like, usually this does not happen. Like, maybe it's like somebody gets nicked, but, like, a full skate going over the, like, one exposed piece of your body um, in hockey, it's just insane to, like, think about. Yeah, it's never good. Now we've seen goalies in the past you know with the neck injuries of a skate coming up and it hits that sweet spot um you know in between the mask and 
the jersey. Um, Ryan Carpenter this year on the Rangers had a freak accident where he got hit and fell and landed, you know, headfirst on a skate, cut his ear and like the top of his head. I know it's just it's wild. It's like it's wild to think because like I mean at least in like the amount of time like I've been watching the NHL, I have never really like. It's been like, oh, you get like, you know, Nick or Nick, they're cut like a little bit, but like nothing to this extent where it's like your wrist, you know, Carpenter with his ear. It's just like it's wild, but, you know, it is a part of the sport and it does happen. It's just it does not happen very often. Yeah, thankfully, because those skates are sharp. No, I know. It's thank God. Um, But yeah, continuing on. Um, so we have Nicholas uh, Abekubel was uh, suspended three games for an illegal check to the head of uh, Tampa Bay Lightning defenseman Cal Foot. I'm just, it's it's one thing to be physical in hockey, but when you start to, you know, aim for people's heads, it's like you know the extent of these types of different like these different head injuries that that can happen now just throughout all sports really and it's honestly kind of shameful that like we still have to have this conversation because it's like you you know not to do it and like if somebody did it to you obviously you'd be pissed off but it's like what is the point yeah um you know i think i can sum this point up in Two points, um, you know, one plays for the Capitals. Just think about, you know, a certain teammate of his. Um, and two, you know, in my opinion, I feel that the NHLPA or player safety um, doesn't do enough. I feel 100%. like they never, the punishments are always, you know, slap on the wrist. You know, the fines they give out, chump change to these players, the suspensions. I mean, when was the last time we had, like, like you know, a 10-game suspension in the NHL? Um, I wasn't some stupid shit Tom Wilson did in any of the 10-game suspension. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, he's changed, so we should all believe that, even though I, in the game against Vancouver a couple weeks ago, he – swung his stick like a baseball bat and hit someone on the other team with it and nothing nothing came from it so the the thing the thing with him too is they just they don't they're like i feel like they're scared to dish out any more punishments to him because that'll make them look bad and i'm like you gotta just do something because he keeps pulling this crap and obviously it's reflecting back to now his teammates who are starting to do this and Something's got to be done. Well, you see, you say, you know, it might reflect poorly on them. But again, that comes from that poor reflection would come from, you know, the old boys hockey club. You know, yeah, there are plenty of fans out there who are tired of this, you know, and think that the NHL should increase higher fines and, you know, actually punish people. Yeah, but of course. That never really happens, but you know, I give um, 
give Pat Maroon a lot of credit though, because he did beat the crap out of um, Garnet Hathaway after that uh, hit and stoppage for uh, everything. And like I, I watched, I watched it back the uh, the clip, and it is a nasty hit because Calfoot is just skating in the you know neutral zone, and obviously he's not expecting to take a shoulder straight to the face, and then all you know, um, you know, Upper Cabell just straight up drops his shoulder right into his head, and I'm like that, it's that's just a known rule for you to not do something like that period yeah absolutely and you know calfoot's not a small dude either it's like what yeah six foot four and you know his his father old school big hard-hitting d-man adam foot yeah so adam foot was a fucking monster of a defenseman absolutely but um so yeah that that pretty much covers that um now continuing over to um buffalo we have jack eichel scoring a hat trick against his former team uh i i really (laughs) i really like that he did primarily because of the way he was treated towards the end of his uh tenure in buffalo so i'm all for this and it's really good for him yeah, absolutely. I'm a huge Jack Eichel fan. Always have been since his days in college. Um, you know, and as we all know, his situation was screwed up in Buffalo. Um, and if you ask me, he made that known. Um, and, you know, even after the trade, he first came out and said, you know, that he thanks the Buffalo fans, you know, because he knows what they've gone through. The franchise has been terrible for years, but, um, you know, the way they treated him in his first game back in Buffalo, you know, it, it kind of warrants, you know, the, are you not entertained celebration and you know the comments <laughs> he's made because Jack Eichel did nothing but try for that team. It's just, oh, he no. picked up a nasty injury and they didn't want him to get the procedure he wanted done. Yeah, it's um, it was really just the definition of a shitty situation, regardless. Yeah. Like you know, he's a he's a fantastic talent. We all knew that, and obviously, you and I have seen it. You know, probably more often in sports than most people have. But you know, whenever somebody gets their neck fused, which is what Buffalo wanted, they're not the same. Crystal Tang was not is not the same defenseman, and transitioning to football but like you know Peyton Manning was not the same quarterback after he got his neck fused and it's like Jack Eichel probably took all of that into consideration was like I do not want that because I still want to be able to play many more years in the NHL and and um yeah so compete at a high level yeah you don't want to you never want to you never want to you know kind of just slowly kill your career yeah I mean, I forget the exact amount of years, but they say, you know, the disc fusion surgery cuts your professional career, like time by a certain amount of years. Um, Yeah. And, you know, I mean, listen, like you said, it was a tough situation, but I can't imagine Buffalo's too upset right now. Things are finally starting to look pretty good for them. So. No, it definitely is. I mean, they, 
Well, they, they finally have the the like you know really good young talent that they've uh, acquired over the last yeah. few years. It's about time because they've been stockpiling them for a while. <laughs> I, I remember, uh, like two or three years ago, when they made like all those trades and they just acquired. They they're like they're like the um, Oklahoma City Thunder of the NHL, except the Thunder was successful a bit more recently than the than the Sabres were. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you know, I. I don't give the Sabres too long before they're competing. No, neither do I. I mean, it's it's not going to be too long. But, no, I mean, you know, good for Eichel. Um, I think it was great, the, uh, the Are You Not Entertained celebration to, uh, you know, get that done. And, uh, yeah, I just I, – I think – this whole thing, it's just pretty much because now this is his first full year uh, at Vegas since getting his um, disc replacement surgery. And I don't know. I, li- I think I like this Jack Eichel a little bit more than Buffalo Sabres Jack Eichel. Yeah. You know, he finally starting to seem like a fully healthy Jack Eichel. And, you know, he's got the talent around him now. Um, you know, some very good players. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, so, um, all right, we've got two more things left. Uh, we've got uh, one more piece of news, and then we'll dive into some NHL scores. So, the piece of news, we don't really have to talk about this for too long, but it's the fact that there's a proposed deal for the Arizona Coyotes' new new arena that will go into public vote in Tempe. Um, this is really weird just because they just agreed to do the whole let's play in a college arena to now, Hey, we're going to start building, you know, a billion dollar stadium in Tempe. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's needed, you know, it's only holds what 5,000 fans mullet arena. Um, it's on a college campus. Yeah. The camera angles are terrible. I don't know if the devils <laughs> have played there yet, but watching the Rangers play them was brutal. Um, you know, it's definitely a cool experience, I'm sure, when you're there as a fan because um, you really are, like, in the action. Um, but I know, like, the one thing they were hyping up about this arena was, you know, how incredible the sound was going to be. But when the Rangers played them this year, it was that it was basically a Rangers home game. Where people just went on vacation to Arizona to watch the game, and all you heard was, let's go Rangers chants. Um, <laughs> you know, so I think it's something that's needed. Because, again, it's an yeah. NHL franchise. They're playing – in a 5,000 seat arena, the locker rooms are terrible. Uh, believe me, I, I didn't fully understand with that. It's just, <laughs> it's just, it, it, it's just funny because it's like they've been shit for the last, I don't know what, like seven, Forever. eight years. Yeah. And, I'm like, how the, how the fuck are you getting like millions and millions and millions of dollars to now just like casually be like, ah, yeah, we're gonna build a new new arena in in Tempe. Like it's it's insane. Yeah. But so now, Kyle, we're gonna move into our final piece of the 
show today, which is um, we can go over the games that are going to be played tonight, and then we can um, we can make picks for tomorrow's slate of games because there's only uh, four games being played tomorrow. So let's look at these Sunday games. We've got the Canucks versus the Bruins. Um, Sharks versus the Wild, Coyotes versus the Rangers, Capitals versus the Lightning, Jets versus the Kraken, and the Stars versus the Flyers. Um, and yeah. well, Stars versus the Flyers. Stars is, already is, won. Yeah, Thank so I God. picked them. <laughs> yeah, I also picked the Dallas Stars. They, they're freaking on fire. So luckily, they were able to resign Jake Ottinger because I was not too sure if they're going to be able to have the money to, to do that but hey they got the job done and they put up five against the flyers so um i guess we'll just move down up from that game and just go to the jets versus the kraken so who are you taking can i go seattle all right i was, I was thinking seattle but they have very similar records so i'm going to take I'm going to take the Winnipeg Jets. Um, I'm thinking Pierre-Luc Dubois is going to is going to help get the get that win. It depends who's in net for uh Winnipeg, but That is also true. Like Matty Benier's hat trick. <laughs> I mean, he could definitely get that done. Um moving on up, we got the Lightning versus the Capitals. Uh I'm going to say uh let's say Lightning. Yeah, I'm also going to take the Lightning because I just I don't like Washington, and that that's known. But now I also think to this game, this game, not this game is probably going to be the chippiest out of all of them because of everything that has just happened. Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking Tampa's going to have a bit of a, a fire lit under them. So oh yeah, we'll they're see. gonna they're gonna be playing with a chip on their shoulder. Yep. So now moving, we have. Your New York Rangers versus the Arizona Coyotes. Oh, why do you make me do this? Um, <laughs> you know, after as a Rangers fan, I'm hoping after last night they come out hot and pissed off. Um, but you know, we already played Arizona once this year. Didn't look great. Just squeaked out with a one goal win. Um, you know, back to back. They're on home ice though, so I'm gonna go Rangers but I would not be surprised if they lost. (laughs) I mean, Arizona might be a little bit pissed after uh, losing 4-2 to the Devils last night, but I think – I do think the Rangers get this one done. Um, Even though Arizona is playing okay for now, you know, they're playing a a little bit better than I think we all thought they would, but I think the Rangers – I think the Rangers are more pissed off than the Coyotes and – I, and, you know, honestly, home ice in front of your home fans, you're going to want to put on a show, and I think the Rangers can do that tonight. I hope so. Um, yeah, I hope for your sake as well. <laughs> uh, all right, we got two more games for uh, today, and then uh, we'll move on to Monday. So we got uh, Sharks versus the Wild. I'm going to go Minnesota. I would, I'd love to, you know – Pick the other team, but God, I San Jose is not 
not great. <laughs> they look real bad this year. Um, they really do, and it's just like you know, good for Eric Carlson, but when yeah. Eric Carlson <laughs> is leading fired. your team in goals and assists, yeah, you you know you're bad. Yeah. Um, all right, final game for tonight is the Boston Bruins versus the Vancouver Canucks. Again, you know, it's Boston. They're just, they're on fire. They're playing out of their minds right now. You know, the chemistry they have. They even have people like Pavel Zaka playing, you know, like a first-line center. Yep. So you're taking Boston? Yep. You know what? I'm going to say, fuck it. I'm going to take Vancouver. I think the Canucks can dethrone Boston in TD Garden tonight. I mean, listen, it'd be great if they did. Uh, you know, I just don't see it happening. I mean, I really don't either, but I just – I think I think Vancouver can, you know, maybe – play a little bit competitively for a while, but then uh, realistically, I do think Boston is going to end up taking it, but I'm still riding with Vancouver just in case. All right. So the Monday night game or the Monday games we've got going on tomorrow are the New York Islanders versus the Ottawa Senators, the LA Kings versus the Flames, Hurricanes versus the Blackhawks and Blues versus the Avalanche. So let's just start and, uh, let's just start with the Islanders versus Ottawa. You already know my answer on this. Ottawa? Yep. Yeah, they're, I... They're, they're going to be excited by the potential Ryan Reynolds takeover, so... <laughs> yeah, I just... I I really don't think there's... Um, you know, the, the Islanders are playing playing pretty well, but Ottawa, Ottawa just has a... Has a well-rounded team even though they have lost a few guys but i think they i think they can get a a win not going to be an easy win but i think they i think they can also get a win uh tomorrow night so i'm going to also ride with ottawa uh all right kings versus flames gonna go la here smart man i mean you know kevin fiala is uh one of the players to watch it's really funny because right now these tick the tickets for this game that game are nine dollars in Calgary, which is wild. But road trip, let's go. <laughs> yeah, let's just casually take a take a trip to Alberta. Um, I want I I'm riding the I'm riding the flames on this one. I think um, I think Daryl Sutter and uh, gets his team in check and can. You know, not necessarily like dethrone one of the top teams in the in the league, but I think they can. If there's one, if there's one team that can make the Kings sweat a little bit, I do think it will be the Flames because they will turn up the heat to the heat tomorrow night. And Kadri, yes, yes, decided to use a nice little pun. Um, I think Kadri will um, play very, some very good hockey. And yeah, I, th- I think they, uh, I think they get it done. So, all right, two more left. We got Carolina versus Chicago. 
Yeah, I think this one's another easy one. I think Carolina. Carolina's a lock. Yeah, the, this is really not a not a hard one to pick. Carolina is still very well-rounded team. And as we all know, Chicago is not a very good team, regardless of their record currently. <laughs> yep, you said it best. <laughs> all right, final matchup of the show is Colorado versus St. Louis. You know, I think I think I'm going to go St. Louis here. You know, I think they're going to come into this, you know, like with a chip on their shoulder. You know, they're not happy about the position they're in they're not happy about what happened in the playoffs last year so you know and i mean obviously colorado is still a great team but they haven't looked their dominant self just yet you know so i can definitely yeah, see they, st louis um, taking this one yeah colorado definitely lost a few key players that helped them uh you know capture that stanley cup last season but i feel like it's just i feel like it's hard to to not necessarily root against Colorado, but like pick against them because you are they're they're one of the teams where they can go out and score like six, seven goals with ease, or they can like barely score two. And it's just like but even still, I think uh I think Colorado can get it done at home. So I mean, yeah. I agree. I, I think they can get it done at home. This is also the, the most expensive game, game out, of, uh, out of tomorrow's slate at $44 a ticket. Craziest part is that's $44 to go to Colorado. How much does this go to the Garden tomorrow to, uh, tonight? Probably what, like? 130 easily? bucks, probably, at least. Yeah, so... <laughs> All right, that pretty much wraps up uh, wraps up everything that uh, we needed to get into today. So thank you very much, Kyle, for hopping on the show. I appreciate it, and uh, hopefully, hopefully soon we can get you back on. Sounds good. Thank you again for having me. No problem, buddy. All right, so that wraps up everything. Um, yeah, so thank you all for listening, and I hope you all have a fantastic day.